I want to bring you a message this morning that is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I've used this Scripture probably 10 years ago or so and preached the message, but I want to take a fresh look at where we are in Matthew chapter number 8. I love, absolutely love, these four verses of Scripture. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, when he, that is Jesus, was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus, I love this, put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, not five minutes from there, not ten minutes, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way and shew thyself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Let's pray. Father, how precious these words are to us. I pray now that you'd meet with us. Lord, if there was ever a day when we needed your spirit poured out in our church, I pray it would be today. Lord, as we enter into this Christmas season, as we hang the greens tonight, and as we look forward to uh, this season of, of celebrating when you came the first time, I, Lord, we need your spirit more, not just a Christmas spirit. We need the spirit of Christ. And I pray the spirit of Christ would move up and down these aisles today as we look at these precious words from the word of God, Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in verse number 1, when Jesus was come down from the mountain, that great multitudes followed him. First, I want us to see the Lord. We're going to use five points here in Ailes. He, we see the Lord. Jesus had come down from the mountain. He had been teaching the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he had reached a point in his ministry where he was very very popular. He's been teaching the Word of God, preaching the Word of God, but he's about to demonstrate the power of the Word of God. Let me tell you something. The spoken Word is wonderful, but we ought to live our lives to demonstrate the power of God. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. We're not just to proclaim the gospel, not just to preach the gospel, but demonstrate the power of the gospel. Our lives should be morally clean to match the principles of the word of God. Somebody say amen. And when our, when our lives are morally clean and match those principles, we do receive power from heaven and we do have credibility toward men. Christ not only acted with divine authority, he lived with divine authority. Let me tell you something. The same power is available today for us to live a godly life. I don't care how wicked the world has become. I don't care what's going on in our nation or society. I don't care how close to the end of days we are. The power of God is available for you to live a godly life. Amen. For us to draw close to the Lord Jesus Christ. God help us to forward the gospel. Deaf ears can still hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Eyes that have been blinded to the word of God can be illuminated to the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hearts that are, that are hard as stone can be melted at the word of God. Aren't you glad one day you heard the word of God and it melted your heart and you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? What a blessing. What a blessed day that is 
is. So these words have made it all the way. These words were spoken locally that Jesus speaks to this leper. These words were spoken locally, but they have made it and they have flown throughout the world. I want to tell you something. The word of God has reached from a little bitty town in Bethlehem to New York City. Praise God. The word of God has reached from Nazareth to Moscow. The word of God has reached from the shores of Galilee all the way to Beijing, China. I say thank God that his word has gone out throughout all the world. Can you imagine that? One time I was, uh, got the mail. And, and in the mail was a CD from our previous sermon that Sunday. And somebody in Bristol, one of our people had picked up a CD, dropped it in a parking lot accidentally, somewhere Cracker Barrel, I guess, if I know our folks. And somebody over there had picked up our CD, listened to it, and and loved it and mailed it back to us with a letter saying, thank God for the Word of God. Isn't that wonderful? The Word of God can reach further than you ever think it can. The Word of God can reach the lonely. The Word of God can reach the leper. The Word of God can reach geographical places that you and I never dreamed. And so the principle here (coughs) is that we're to reach those who are closest to us. Amen. If you can't reach out to somebody who's close to you, you can't be a missionary in Africa. Amen. One time we sent out a missionary from a church, and he was going down to a foreign country. One of the deacons said, I've, I've been living beside of that young man for a long time. And he said, I'm not so sure we ought to send him. Boy, that made everybody take a deep breath. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. I've been observing him. He can't reach his neighbors with the gospel. If he can't reach his neighbors with the gospel, why send him to a foreign country? Good question. The Word of God ought to go out locally. The Word of God is good for us this morning here, but the Word of God ought to go out throughout the world. And so we find here, we look at the Lord. Now let's look at the leper. Here, I love this. The word, here the words of Christ reach a man as we look at this leper, suffering from leprosy, shunned for his disease, cast away from society, a menace to society, looked upon as some kind of a contagion. We know little about this man. His his name is not recorded in the Bible. His name is not recorded in history. It's not mentioned anywhere else. Uh, His background is not revealed. Here comes a man suffering from leprosy, unknown to man, but he comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somehow the glad tidings of the Lord Jesus Christ reach an unknown man suffering from a horrible, horrible disease. This man is living in solitude. He's, he has no work. He can't go out into society. He's begging for bread. He finds no pleasure in this world. There is no cure for leprosy. He has no friends because leprosy is a communicable disease. Did you know leprosy is still, uh, it's still active in our world? Matter of fact, uh, the worst animal to carry leprosy is called Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease is spread through armadillos. People still get that disease. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but the armadillo population in America is rising. And so this was a terrible, horrible 
disease. He couldn't enter into a crowd. He couldn't go anywhere in public. He had to hold his hand over his mouth like this when he got in public, just like we wear a mask today for COVID. He had to hold his hand over his mouth and cry, unclean, unclean. I'm unclean. Don't come near me. I have a contagion. I have a contagious disease. And so the words of Christ had reached this man in his lonely condition, in his isolation from everybody else. I'm going to tell you something, folks. When you live an isolated life, it is a very, very horrible thing. When you, I forget now, I didn't do, do the research, but the, the percentage is high of people who, who get isolated from society. Their disease levels goes up. Their heart problems go up. Everything goes on when you get removed from other people. And so this man was living in isolation with no hope. I mean, this leper, I can just picture his condition. The only way he could get news, he couldn't walk into the town square. He couldn't sit with the townspeople. He had to just walk around on the edge of a crowd and see if he could just pick up a little scrap of information just to see if some news would come to him, just to find out something new, just to find out what is going on in society. And and the news comes to him that somehow... There's a man that's named Jesus. And this man named Jesus has the power to heal. This man named Jesus is compassionate and kind. This man named Jesus has has come to have a great following and, and his name is on the crowds. And somehow this leper just on the edge of a crowd hears the name of Jesus And I I think that in his mind, he begins to think, would this man Jesus, would he have compassion on me? Would he heal me or touch me in, in, in my condition? Would he reach down to someone like me, someone who is lonely, who is diseased, who, who is eaten up, who has been cast away from public, who, who nobody will have anything to do with? Will Jesus reach down and touch me? Let me just say this morning, there's a lot of people even in this auditorium. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel depressed. Maybe you feel dejected. Maybe you feel like nobody cares and nobody loves you. Let me tell you something. There's a man named Jesus who does. There's a man named Jesus who can reach you in your condition. I don't care what your condition is. I don't care if it's an emotional condition, a spiritual condition. I don't care if it's a physical condition. Jesus Christ can reach down to where you are. And this man comes to Jesus. He heard, and I love what Spurgeon said here. This man just heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. On the edge of a crowd. Couldn't get in the crowd, but maybe just running around the edge of the city where people were gathering. And he heard about Jesus. And you know what he did? He believed. He believed. I like what Spurgeon said here. He said, a man who will believe the word of God just heard on the edge of a crowd is better than a man who rejects the word of God in a beautiful cathedral. Isn't that wonderful? And so this man just hears the word of Jesus, about Jesus, and he's drawn toward him. Let me ask you a question this morning. When you hear the name Jesus, does it pull on your heartstrings? 
When you hear that wonderful name, that name that is above every name, that name that you called on when you got saved, does something stir in your heart? It does mine. If something doesn't stir in your heart when you hear that wonderful name, something's wrong, friend. And this leper heard on the edge of a crowd the name of Jesus. Something stirred inside of him. Something drew him to the Lord Jesus Christ. He believed what he heard. He began to believe in Christ, believe in his power, believe in his deity, believe that he might have compassion on him. Amen. Watch what this man's faith does. Verse number 2. Behold, the Bible says there came a leper. That's the man we're talking about. Number one, watch what he did. He worshipped him. He addressed him as Lord, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. This man doesn't barge right in on the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a leper. Can you touch me? He goes, and the Bible says in another companion passage that he knelt down and he worshiped the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He comes with an attitude of worship. He comes with an attitude of adoration. He comes with an attitude of respect. Uh, and And Jesus honors this man's faith. Isn't that wonderful? I want us to see the longing now. I want us to get in this man's heart and see this unknown man, this unnamed man. He knows the seriousness of his own illness. He knows the horrible outcome of the last phases of leprosy. Let me tell you something about the last phases of leprosy. There's going to be physical pain. I mean, as your flesh rots. Leprosy causes your joints to decay. Leprosy causes your teeth to rot and your fingers to fall off, your toes to fall off, your skin to just decay and fall off of the bone. Leprosy causes a rancid smell. These lepers, when they even get close to anyone, you could smell them coming. And so this, no, this man knows the seriousness and the final phases of leprosy. Let me just say this about leprosy before I move on. Leprosy in the Bible is compared to sin. Did you know, dear friend, when you and I begin to live immoral lives and to practice those things which are against the word of God, that God looks on us as having a, lepr- a leprosy? A leprosy that can eat the flesh. Oh, listen, sin will eat you up, dear friend. Sin is a horrible disease. Somebody say amen. Sin is a heart. The practice of sin stinks in the nostrils of God. So this unknown man comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, affected in all three areas. It affects his physical body because his flesh is rotting. It affects his emotional body and his soul because he can't be around people. He can't enjoy anything in life. But it affects him spiritually. You say, preacher, how does leprosy affect a man spiritually? Because he says, why does God let this happen to me? Why did God let this, me of all people, how did I contract this disease? Why me? Why is my neighbors out enjoying life and I'm not? Why, why did this, why am I suffering this? It, it, this had to come from God. He's suffering physically. He's suffering emotionally. He's suffering spiritually. Luke describes this man in his gospel. He describes this man as being full of leprosy. 
In other words, when Luke said he's full of leprosy, it is leprosy in the last stages. If you were to get a picture of this man, you would have, you would have smelled him coming. Get this in your mind. You could have smelled this man coming. You would have seen the flesh rotting. You would have seen fingers gone and maybe his face distorted. And oh, what a horrible, horrible picture. I don't know about you, but, but I, know, I know me. And if I even get a little bump on my face, it kills me that people are staring at my bump. <laughs> Amen. And here's a man who's full of this disease, the final stage is skin rotting, decay, hair, teeth coming out, rancid smell, joints decaying. What a horrible picture of a human being. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jesus healed this man in its final stages. I don't care. Let me compare this to sin. You know what I see in my walk as I walk in life and as I pastor and as I get calls and I counsel with people? I see a lot of people in the final stages of sin. And sin is horrible. And I, I look at some people and I go, man, you are so deep in drugs. You are so deep in gambling. You're so, you've messed up your life. There's no management about you. You're broke. You're living on the street. I mean, man, I, I've seen people... I've seen the people hit the bottom of society because of sin. And I think to myself, is there any hope? I'm going to tell you something. There's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. This man was full of leprosy in the final stages of leprosy. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you find a person in the final stages of sin, in the death throes of sin, the power of God can reach down and save. The power of God can reach down and heal. The power of God can reach down and restore those who are in the final stages of sin. Praise God. His disease was beyond human help. People dreaded to see him come. I mean, can you imagine this man coming towards you and you look at him and, and you're reminded of your own mortality? You're reminded that one day you're going to die? You're reminded that one day your, your body's going to rot? You're reminded of the, the, the horrible world that at times that we live in and yet coming to Jesus gives him some hope. And I can just see him walking down the street in his malady, in his pain, and he's thinking in his mind, can Jesus really help me? Can Jesus really do anything for me? Would this man from Galilee that I've been hearing about, can he reach down and touch me? I mean me. He walks toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I just say this? With all my heart, I mean what I say. I wish people could be drawn to Jesus. I wish our nation could get back to Jesus. I wish our society could get back to the Bible. Oh, how sick we are of, with sin. How diseased we are with all the things that plague our society and our world. Why can't we get back to Jesus? He's the one with the healing power. He's the one with the authority. He's the only one that can help our nation. Somebody say amen. God help us to get back to Jesus. This man had a faith that brought him to Christ. Where did it come from? May have come from his parents. Maybe he had some good parentage. Faith begins in the home. Maybe he heard it when he was working and able. Maybe he heard about Jesus 
as he went by the synagogue at times. Maybe he just heard it on the edge of a crowd. But he heard and he believed. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Please listen to me. Your faith can go farther than you ever think it could. If you'll just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you'll just trust on him, if you'll just surrender yourself as this man did, he bowed at the feet of the Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm giving you the key to life this morning. If you'll bow at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon his precious name and by faith ask him, he'll move in your situation. He will. Something brought him to Jesus. He fell on his face. And he says this, here's the most beautiful words in the Bible. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now understand what he's saying here. He's saying, Lord, if you will, you can. I don't doubt that you can, but I do doubt that you will. I'm going to tell you something. That fits us today. Because I don't care what you're praying about. Everybody in here, if you're a Christian, you're praying about something. You're praying about something in your life. You're praying about some family member. You're praying about something. And here's where our faith is. I'm preaching to Grosses Creek Baptist Church. Your faith is just like this man's faith. Lord, you can do it. I believe you can save my loved one. I believe you can reach into my case. I believe you can, but I just don't think you will. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is that faith? Is that faith? This man said, Lord, if it's your will, I don't doubt your power, but I doubt your will. Let me tell you something. We ought to pray with expectation. Somebody say amen. We ought to pray and say, Lord, I believe you're going to do this. Lord, I, I just... It, it, please, let this be your will. He didn't doubt the power of Christ to heal. He doubted the will of Christ to heal. Will he forgive? Will he heal? Let me tell you where you are if you're lost this morning. It's not God's will. It's not God's will that any should perish. Amen. If you're wondering if he has the power to save you, he does have the power to save you from all sin. If you wonder if he will, it is not God's will that any man perish, but that all should come to repentance. He not only has the power and authority, but he has the will. Let's nextly, before we close, I want to look at his loneliness. We've seen the leper, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the longing, we've seen... Now let's see the loneliness. Lonely man, separated, quarantined is the word we use today. No friends, no church. What did he think as he approached Christ in his stinking condition? No doubt he had been to the priests down at the synagogue and they wouldn't have anything to do with him. No doubt he'd been to the prophets, the priests. No doubt he'd even been to the preachers. What about James and John? If, if he would have walked up to James or John or Andrew or Philip or Bartholomew, you know what I think they would have said? Ah, you stay back there, pal. I don't want that stuff. Let me tell you something. Oh, that speaks volumes to me. 
when the big, big preachers wouldn't have anything to do with him, Jesus would. Can I just tell you? I'm going to say it. And it doesn't make me very popular with other preachers, but I don't really care. I've been to the big preachers conference. Amen. And sometimes I find there a lack of compassion. Sometimes I find that the big preachers, they're looking for big ministries. The big preachers are looking for big popularity. The big preachers are looking for the big things. They don't want to deal with these issues. Let me tell you something. When the big preacher rejects you, Jesus is still there. Amen. Jesus can reach down when it seems like the church has rejected you. Jesus can reach down when it seems like the preacher's too busy. Hey, let me tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He can reach every individual in this building and in this world with his love, his compassion, his mercy, and his healing. Amen. Thank God. All of his faith kept him moving toward the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) He gets to Christ and he begins to worship. He begins to pray. Lastly, I want us to see this. He gets to his love. We've seen the Lord. We've seen the leper. We've seen the longing. We've seen the loneliness. But now I want us to see the love. What's verse 3? I'll close with this verse. Verse 3. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I love these words, I will, I will, be thou clean. And the Bible says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. The most beautiful words that man had ever spoke was, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. But the most beautiful words that our Lord ever spoke was, I will, be thou clean. Can I just tell you one day uh, I was lost and headed for a devil's hell. Uh, Dear friend, I was going to hell for my sin, going to hell for my immorality, going to hell for just being born because I was born a sinner. And one day that Christmas season in 1970, I came to the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and I bowed down and I called upon him. And you know what he said? Uh, I will save you. Over 50 years ago, and I'm still saved, praise God. I'm glad he said, I've been to Jesus at times uh, when I've had a malady. My body's been broken, the disc's blown, or some malady in my body. And I've come to Jesus, and I'm like, Lord, I've been to the doctors, and the doctors have done all they can do. And if you don't touch my body, I'm not going to make it, Lord. And he says, I will. Thank God when he says, I will. The most beautiful words in the Bible. Uh, Mark's passage, companion passage says this, that Jesus was moved with compassion. I'm going to tell you something this morning. I don't care what your problem is. If you'll move toward the Lord Jesus Christ with faith, he'll move toward you with love. If you'll move toward the Lord Jesus Christ, believing on him and trusting him and wanting a relationship with him, the Lord Jesus Christ will move toward you with compassion and love and mercy and grace. Thank God. The most beautiful words in the Bible. This man didn't say this. Help my leprosy. He said, make me clean. I want you to watch this. I'm going to give you another point or two and close. Jesus, nobody else would touch this man. 
Nobody else would get in 20 feet of this man. I mean, they would, they would shun him. But Jesus reaches out and touches him. I'm going to tell you something about leprosy. It's communicable. Jesus didn't worry about it. Amen. I mean, that disease could not get on the Lord Jesus Christ. He was God. Now, here's where a lot of people are when they think of their sin, comparing sin to leprosy. They're afraid to come to Christ because they know they're sinful and they think their sin will make him dirty. Let me tell you something this morning. Your sin will not dirty the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not communicable. Your sin, I mean, you know what he's already done with your sin? Our sin has already, past tense, been communicated to him and he took it to the cross of Calvary and died for our sin. My sin does not make Jesus dirty, but oh, let me tell you, his touch can make me clean. Praise God. My sin is not communicable to him anymore. He's already paid for it. He's already healed it by his stripes. We're healed, praise God. Oh, my. If you're dirty this morning, get to Jesus. If you're lonely this morning, get to Jesus. If you're hurting, get to Jesus. If you've been cast out, get to Jesus. He has what you need. Praise God. Oh, in that touch of Christ. Now, guess what? In that one touch of Jesus, this man has a friend. (laughs) I'm glad I've got a friend in Jesus. In one touch, you may be sitting at the house this Christmas season, and I've done it. Sit by the tree by myself and cried elephant tears and crocodile tears because I think of Christmas memories and the people that are not in my life anymore. And my mind goes back to how wonderful Christmas was when my dad was alive. And I've even sat as a grown man lonely by the tree and let the tears flow. But let me tell you something, dear friend. Uh, I've got a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he's never left me. He's never forsaken forsaken me he'll never leave me amen I'll never have to go to the graveyard and say there lies my best friend hey he's alive forevermore praise God oh listen this man as I close was a desperate case but the most desperate cases are the ones he likes to take This man was corruptible, corruption, pus running out of his body, smell. But Jesus reaches out, and the touch of Jesus, in the touch of Jesus, he finds the friend, he finds salvation, he finds healing, he finds hope, he finds everything he's ever been looking for. All because he heard the word on the edge of a crowd, believed that word, and went to the Lord Jesus Christ. What a beautiful picture of salvation. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Where are you at in your life this morning? Is there someone here that's lost? You don't feel like you have a relationship with Christ, you feel lonely. You don't feel like you have a church home. You don't feel like you belong. You don't feel like you have any kind of acceptance in the presence of others. 
Don't let those feelings keep you from Jesus. Oh, amen. Don't let those feelings keep you from Christ. You can get saved this morning. You can have salvation, cleansing, have a church home, a church family, somebody who loves you, the loneliness gone. Oh, my. Free of charge, Christ offers you salvation. Wonder this morning, would there be one this morning? Would raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved. I've never come to Christ. My sin is big. But I know Jesus is bigger. Would, be, would you slip up your hand? Preacher, I know I'm lost. I need to be saved. Anybody at all? Helps me to know how to give the invitation. Nobody will come to you. Nobody will embarrass you. I don't know Christ. I said this last week. and If you're lost this morning, I tell you something. Jesus can take the taste of whiskey out of your mouth. Jesus can take the desire to gamble out of your heart. He can take adultery out of your loins. Amen. I said that last week and a man shook my hand at the door and he said, Preacher, of all the things you said this morning, when you said Jesus could take the whiskey out of my mouth, he said, I've had him to do that. I've experienced that. Let me tell you something, friend. You can experience that this morning if you're lost. Don't know Christ. The healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man got healed. And his name is unknown in the Bible, unknown in history, but it's written down in the pages of heaven. For the Bible says, For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name I want you to look this way the invitation's over the man that we started with looking at the leper he had no name unknown but somewhere in heaven right now his name is written down and he's got all of eternity to enjoy never to suffer leprosy again never to be alone again always in the presence of Christ boy I'll take that any day I'll give you an example. I didn't know there was a graveyard close to my house. I walked the fence hundreds of times. and One day I walked down in a little area and there was a graveyard, old graveyard from the 1800s. And as I guess I'm weird, but I like to read names and dates on gravestones. and They were all washed out, all of them. And I thought, wow, no names, no dates, unknown. And then there was one grave, gravestone, and instead of standing straight up, it had leaned. Somebody had not installed it good. And it had leaned just enough to where the name and the dates were preserved on the bottom side from the weather. And I stood it back up, poured a little water on it, and I read a name and a date. Elizabeth Adams had lived there, just a name, had lived there in the 1800s. And I'm like, wow, what preserved her name? A freak of nature preserved her name. Let me say this, 
with that illustration. You can carve, engrave your name as deep as you can on a piece of granite, but your name will pass away down here. But if you'll connect your name to his name, Christ, if you will connect your soul with his soul, your name can be written down for all of eternity. An unknown for all of eternity. What a blessing. Amen. I pray that our whole church this morning has moved closer to the love, the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.